Specialty Story, session number 186. Whether you are a pre-med or a medical student, you've answered the calling to become a physician. Soon you'll have to start deciding what type of medicine you'll want to practice. This podcast will tell you the stories of specialists from every field to give you the information to make sure you make the most informed decision possible when it comes to choosing your specialty. Welcome to Specialty Stories. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week where I get to have amazing conversations with physicians. If you haven't checked out our e-shadowing program yet, go check it out at eshadowing.com. You can earn certificate for credit hours that you can put on your application. Most medical schools have said, hey, look, we understand COVID's happening. Shadowing is hard to find. And so, yes, we will accept virtual shadowing. So put that on your application, eshadowing.com. Today, I'm talking to Dr. Lisette Iglesias, a pediatric endocrinologist who has a great story about kind of her journey and why she's in private practice and what what led her to go into private practice in the Miami area, and just a great discussion about her specialty and so much more. We start the conversation by talking about how Dr. Iglesias first became interested in pediatric endocrinology. Ever since I was in pediatric, um, I had a very good uh, mentor, and she was um, she happened to be the endocrinologist in my um, in my hospital when I was doing pediatric, and she was like um, such a detailed doctor. She would explain everything to you, and um, on top of that, uh, endocrinology has it's a specialty that covers so many things. Um, that I, I was really interesting because uh, when it comes, for example, to growth, to thyroid, to obesity, so everything was covered within that specialty, even it was a little linked to genetics. So um, I really started to be interested in the specialty. I started to manage cases with her. I did a rotation with her. So then, you know, I fall in love with endocrinology. <laughs> <laughs> what... Um... What's what's your favorite thing about endocrinology? What do you love the most? Um, you see, I what I love the most is that it's a specialty that um, you have to think a lot. It's not like um, um, a specialty that that um, you know you you have an infection, you prescribe an antibiotic. So you have to really um, go deeper in things because not everything that looks one thing could be that. It's very linked to other like to, to so many syndromes, so many genetic diseases, metabolic diseases. So it's really a specialty that keeps you studying all, like every day because um, you always see like new things. Mm. What are some of the biggest myths or misconceptions around pediatric endocrinology? Um, I don't know, like uh, from, the, from the standpoint of... Um, you know, going uh, like uh, into a hospital, for example, um, a lot of people are afraid uh, of manage of, uh, for example, diabe- diabetic uh, ketoacidosis. Um, I don't know that that's what I what I mostly think because um, what what I usually hear from from every student is that they really love uh, that specialty because uh, you know the the, the way it. Uh, it, uh, it's related to so many, um, you know, systems, so many um, 
you know, um, specialties makes it like really, really like a, like a very um, complete specialty. Yeah. So I, I haven't heard like so many um, bad things about my specialty, <laughs> uh, but, but mostly like people will be afraid to manage certain things like, you know, um, some cases of diabetes acidosis that that might look like really scary when you treat them like when you see them Mm -hmm. um like brain tumor for example um we see that all you know all the time so it would be like um you know the the degree of uh, of um severity of the cases might you know might scare some people but um but you know it's a it's a very beautiful specialty Mm -hmm. what um what are some of the traits that you think make someone to be a good pediatric endocrinologist? Um, you see, um, you have to like uh, to study because, um, as I said, this specialty um, forces you to study every day. So you have to be committed to the specialty, um, to study. You have to have like a very open mind because um, – one person can come for one problem, but um, uh, or, or maybe multiple pro- problem that could be, for example, a thyroid disease, but also might might come for depression and not be related to thyroid. Mm. So you have to be really open mind when you're treating a patient with a thyroid with, with a endocrine condition, because it might have like multiple symptoms. And, um, and you might think it might be this condition, but maybe it's not. So you have to really um, keep thinking, you know, like uh, be open mind, ask a lot of questions, be very detailed, be very organized. Um, you know, in the, um, it, when, when it comes to interpret uh, the, the lab result, it's not always something that is like um, based on what you see, based on a range. It might be based on the age and sexual development, for example, of a, of a child, that um, the, the lab might not even go with the, with his own age because the child might have, for example, constitutional growth delay, maybe. Um, so he's younger than what he really looks. The bones are younger, the development is younger. So the labs are the same. So they, they might fit in a younger person, not in, in what you might see really in a lab. So it's... Um, it's really to you need to put attention to the detail to be very organized, very meticulous at, at, at the time you do the physical exam. Um, and, and yeah, and those things have helped me a lot in my specialty. Yeah. For for you, what got you interested in pediatrics before pediatric endocrinology? Why, why not adult internal medicine and then endocrinology? Um. Well, uh, when I um, when I was like back in my country in Cuba, my parents were doctors as well. Mm. So uh, my mom was an, an ophthalmologist, my dad was an orthopedic. So I used to go and rotate with them, uh, you know, like be with them because there was like no other place where I could go. <laughs> the <on> babysitter. <laughs> so I used to go to uh, with my mom. To the floors, so so I I most of the time I would go to the pediatric floor and I would like you know be there with the nurses like helping and talking to the to the pediatric patients and and I really um, always like you know that that sweetness that um, you know that um, 
uh, that you see in the pediatric patient. You know, it's like they they are really naive uh, when they come to see you. When they are sick, they are really fragile. And um, I, and you know, the fact that I can help them, um, it really um, motivates me a lot uh, with the pediatric population. Um, so for me, like seeing a kid compared to seeing an adult is like a totally different world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. You're in a community setting. Why why work in a community private practice setting versus being in an academic center? Uh, well, when I moved, um, I studied in New York. And when I moved to uh, Miami, you see, this is a city where there's not a lot of like hospital, um, like children's hospital. Mm. It have like three, four in the area uh, that, that, that I practice. They, they might have like in the whole Florida, like maybe five or, or six pediatric um, hospitals uh, in Miami, you know, for a lot of the area. So, and, and they might have like three or four pediatric endocrinologists in every hospital. So it was really like, um, there, there were not positions um, at that time when I came in 2010. Uh, so I had to, to jump and open my own practice because, um, you know, otherwise I, I would have to work like, um, you know, doing like uh, um, emergency emergency medicine or, uh, mm-hmm. or care or or general pediatric in, in some other clinics. But because I have done the specialty, I wanted to really work in what I did. So I had to, it, it really like, the, 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 the system forced me to open a practice because I could not find any available positions at that time. And you've been doing it now for many years, so it seems like you like it enough to stay there. Right. You're right. Yes. I've been, um, I opened my practice in February, 2011. And, um, and ever since uh, that time, you know, it's been growing and growing and I have like, um, right now I have a lot of patients. Yeah. What types of patients do you see in your practice? Um, I do see a, th- a patient with thyroid problems either underactive hypothyroidism or overactive hyperthyroidism. And every, every day I see more and more because a lot of things have been changing on the diet and the environment. So it's been growing. Uh, obesity, the same thing has been like, this problem has been like really escalating. Mm-hmm. I do see a lot of like growth problems. I treat kids with growth hormone, you know, for, to help them grow. Um, I see diabetic patients. Um, I see patients with, um, uh, for example, elevated prolactin levels that might be due to a tumor or might be due to other reasons like medications. Or, um, I see patients that have precocious puberty, so they, they grow really fast and they, have, they, they develop really fast mm-hmm. uh, for their age. And I see patients that also develop late for their age. So th- that's the kind of cases that I see every day. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I've heard a couple times from from different endocrinologists about the hormone disruptors in our environments and in food. Like, as a as a country, should we be more enraged about what's going on with with hormone disruptors in in our environment, in our clothing, and everything that we're consuming? Yeah, definitely. Yes, this is a problem that we have been seeing. Um, for so many years now, but it's been like, as I said, 
every every year you see like more cases, more cases, and you wonder uh, what's going on. And and you know the fact that we are like consuming more like processed food that uh, a lot of of the uh, environment, like contaminants of, of the environment, a lot of lo- those cleaning products, uh, so many things that are causing disruption in in you know in the, in like the, uh, the hormones and the hormones uh, you know pathway. Um, it's all contributing to a lot of endocrine endocrine diseases. So we yeah we we should really um, pay attention to that. And and I think something should be done, even like more research in regards to that. Yeah. You know because uh, I I think um, it, there's not a lot that has been done. Like sometimes we get more research in other things like vitamin D, and they have like thousands of research about vitamin D. But I wonder what about the other things that are really, you know, um, you know, causing like a big, big problems in, in at least, you know, in our specialty, we see them a lot. Yeah. Oh, it's it's scary. All the the changes out there. Hopefully, we can we can understand what's going on better for the future for our kids. So all of our so every everybody doesn't have thyroid issues growing up. I think it's it's good for business, right? As an endocrinologist, but we hope that people don't suffer from that kind of stuff. That is true. That is true. So, what does a a typical day look like for you, or a typical week look like for you in in private practice as a pediatric endocrinologist? Well, um, the the way it used to look before the coronavirus, because now we I do I now I do a lot of telemedicine, um, but um, but but usually you know in the past I would see like maybe fifteen patients. I usually see the new patients in the morning, and um, and, uh, and and mostly those those were the the, the problems they like they get referred by the pediatrician. They get referred. By the by the urgent care or by the emergency room when they diagnose something or they find an abnormal thyroid or a diabetic gets discharged from the hospital, um, so I get the referral from them from the pedi- pediatricians in the area, and um, and you know they they come to my office and and I see them on an initial visit and then you know uh, later on we schedule. Like um, you know, follow ups after they 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 do the blood work. When they come back, they do like thyroid ultrasound, whatever they need to 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 do, and um, and that's the way it works. I usually see like around fifteen patients a day. Okay, and do you feel like that's sustainable? Is that too much? Is that good? Um. You know, you want to give like a lot of time to the patient. You want to ask a lot of questions. You want to take time to the examination. But unfortunately, you know, with the with the the, the system, the way it is with the insurance companies forcing uh, every time to do more things like more authorizations, um, you need to um, uh, to you you have definitely less time for the for the patient, and you need to see more and more. Like I see doctors. Uh, in general practice that they see 40 patients a day and they don't, I don't know how they can do it. Um, but, but, but that's the, the way the insurance companies um, are forcing the doctors because then you have to maintain a practice that has like 
also expensive. You need to pay more practice. You need to pay um, a, a, like, like a lot of like rents and, um, you know, uh, all the societies and, uh, and licenses. <laughs> so it's a little crazy. Um, but, but, you know, I, I wish we could have more time to see the patient and, and, and to see them like really um, with, with all the time that you really want to give to the patient to examine in detail. So I think medicine will be like different. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, that, that's what we face today. That's what we, what we have today. Yeah. And we have to deal with, uh, with, with this, with uh, insurance companies and, and, and everything around them. Yeah. Pre, pre and post COVID when you're more in the clinic, in the office, seeing patients in person, how procedure heavy is pediatric endocrinology? Um, well, the procedures that I do here in the office um, mostly are the growth hormone stimulation test mm. uh, that, that, uh, that I do for, for growth, for puberty. Um, so, so that, that's, uh, mostly, um, my procedures, uh, on top of, you know, um, initiating insulin pump, educating diabetics, um, you know, the nutrition part and everything, but, but in terms of procedures, I, I think that that's, uh, what I do growth hormone stimulation test. Yeah. Interesting. What does the, the training path look like to become a pediatric endocrinologist? Well, uh, you have to do three years of pediatric and then um, three more years of pediatric endocrinologist. Okay. How, how competitive is pediatric endocrinology? I think it's um, kind of like um, um, not, not too high, to kind of in the middle, I would say. Um, a lot of people um, would... Uh, would love to go into pediatric endocrinology, but as I said, um, there's there's so little um, positions that are offered. In fact, we are we are just a few like in in Florida. It's a it's a very new specialty. It's not something that is being there for so so many years. So um, here in Florida, we are not a lot. So uh, it 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 kind of like. It's not so competitive, but um, but I would say like um, in in the middle, you 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 could you know you could um, you could get the position for pediatric endocrinology if you really um, want to go for it. If you really um, you know put all the effort on it, but um, but the problem is that we are not like a lot. Mm. It's uh, yeah, it's it's easy to get there, but uh, they are not like. A lot of positions available. Yeah, so we were like three fellows, uh, three or four fellows every. Uh, you know, no one, one or two in the first year, then one in the second year, and one in the third year in the hospital. I did my specialty. Mm -hmm. So we were just a few. Yeah, so potentially a good field for someone who is more willing to open a private practice like you did. Um, no, and, and I have a lot of friends working in the hospital, but, uh, you know, in New York, in, in like other big cities where they have like, um, you know, plenty of um, uh, hospital for children. Yeah. And like, um, you know, in, um, in, in Texas, they, I have a, a couple of friends there too that, that we did the training together. 
and they are in the hospital. Like not everyone goes goes into private practice. It's it's not easy as well, you know. Yeah. It's a it's a long way because when you start, you have to build it up. You don't have any patients, so it will. I, I, I in my beginnings, I had like one patient like in in the week, and then I have this two more the next week, and it was like, <laughs> <too> slow. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, but at the end, you know, we we made it. <laughs> you, you you made it. Ten years in, I would say you made it. What do you right. What do you miss the most, if if anything, from being in an academic environment? And I know you came from training in an academic environment, uh, not necessarily being an attending in academics, but potentially, what what do you think you would have missed in from an academic environment? You know, I miss the interaction with the other doctors, the fact that you have like um, access to so many um, of of the good like uh, articles of the good doctors talking in certain um, you know medical conditions that that, that you it, it's just you could even like for example in New York you could even like uh, for, um, um, call someone on the phone like someone that was like top in growth hormone. So you would call that doctor and he, he would like, you know, explain to you whatever you need to know. Uh, here in, in, in where I am, I'm, I'm a little like isolated because it's the whole day seeing patients. And sometimes, you know, the, the interaction where you're not like in a hospital or, or in, in an academic setting, it's, um, it, it's more difficult. Yeah. Yeah, so you're you're more isolated, and for someone who who wants to be around other people, maybe just because they're an extrovert or just for the uh, the knowledge support as well, especially when you're starting out. Exactly for for you know the interaction or discussing cases or you know uh, involving like other specialties uh, together in the case. So that that's what I miss the most, you know. Yeah, very interesting. So for for you, do you feel like being in private practice as a pediatric endocrinologist gives you enough time for life outside of seeing patients and charting and billing and all of that stuff? Um, I think you have to organize your life the way you you really want it because um, you know, like if you are really like um organized, if you follow like um something in a way that um, you don't miss like the most important things. I think you will have time for your family. You will go home like, um, you know, relaxed that everything has been done and you could enjoy your family. You know, um, I don't work uh, uh, Monday through Friday. I only work Monday through Thursday. So on Friday, if I have a stimulation test, th- those are the day where I, when I come or let's say if I left something like authorizations or that I could not do during the week, then um, then I, I would, you know, leave it for that Friday. So basically, um, I, I'm only working four days um, a week. Mm-hmm. So that way I, you know, I have time for my children and, you know, I pick them up at school on Friday. So, you know, I, I made my life a little, it all depends on what, um, you know, what, what are your expectations? And, uh, and you know, like, I, I, I love my, my family and I love to, to spend time with my kids. And, and you know, that, that, that's why I did it that way. But, you know, other, other doctors might just feel that Friday with patients um, 
like the the whole Friday and would would work as well. Yeah. Um, but that's that's the way I, I I plan it because they are still little. You know, they need me more. <laughs> um, once they are bigger, maybe I would like, you know, um, you know, see more patients on Fridays or do something else related to what I you know to my specialty. Um, but but yeah, so far that's the way that. Uh, that I, I establish my, my life, well, let, let's say. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. So what other specialties do you work the closest with? Um, we are very close to genetics. There's a lot of overlapping um, with, um, you know, genetics and endocrine, a lot of syndrome that have like endocrine problems. Um, we also work close with uh, um, gastroenterologists because we do see a lot of patients that um, they um, do not grow and they do have, for example, celiac disease or Crohn's disease. So, so we have to work really close to them. Um, let's say to um, um, to to uh, neurologists and in the case of uh, patients that have like. Um, prolactinomas or brain tumors. Um, radiology, we also do like, you know, bone age. So we have some time to talk to the radiologist. So we do um, thyroid ultrasound. So we want to know little details. So we call them. Um, so it's very, um, this specialty has a lot of um, so many. Um, um, so it's overlapped with other specialties, I would say. Um, so yeah, those are the ones that I, I I think the most. Yeah. What do you wish other pediatricians out there knew about pediatric endocrinology to help you and help their patients? I I think is they if if you um if you teach them so many things that you know I have a lot of things that uh, a, a lot of patients that come to my office and it's not really. Uh, a, a, a console that was needed because it's, for example, an abnormal um, test that it, it was like uh, presumably abnormal, but it was because the patient was taking birth control and that's the way it looked. So I would, I would love to um, teach pediatrician in a way that they could recognize what is really an endoc endocrine problem and so they can refer and what is something that doesn't really need to be referred that if you do probably um more like um if you go more into detail in the, like uh in uh, like talking to the patient or maybe do like an extra test you will realize that it wasn't really uh th there was not really needed to refer for example uh, i do get i do get sometimes um uh, referral for abnormal thyroid function tests and in fact, it, it was just the method that they used. It was not because it was really abnormal. When I use the proper method, then it comes to a normal test. Mm -hmm. So, um, so those are like really um, uh, things that that could uh, maybe identify cases early of, uh, for example, children that are not growing, or uh, or cases of puberty that you identify early and and don't waste a lot of time so when they get to us when they come to us we we really have enough time for them to continue growing sometimes i get referral from from pediatrician when the when the 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 children are like 16 17 uh, the boys for growth 
and there's no really chance at that age for for you to do something you know yeah yeah that makes sense what do you you talked earlier about what you love the most about your job what do you like the least about your job um you see in general about medicine nowadays what i don't really like is that that um you do I would say 50% medicine, but the other 50% is authorization, is uh, calls from insurance companies, um, you know, is, is dealing with, uh, um, with uh, papers and send, them, send, send me these papers so, I, so you can approve me this or that, you know, it, 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 it's a little, or, 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 you know, they don't want to give certain medication that is needed, so you need to go through so many steps and and unneeded things that 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 you know that's what i don't really like not only my specialty i think it's a general um it, it's a general problem yeah interesting if you had to do it all over again would you still be a pediatric endocrinologist oh yeah yes <laughs> I, I, and with the experience even better because when you're like new it's very um you, you're like all scared when you come into practice and and you know but you know with time you you get confident in, in what you do and then um you enjoy it more yeah and um and i and yes i i think um you know that th this is what i really love and and i wouldn't be better in another specialty than this one <laughs> yeah um I think I forgot to ask you, how long is the Pediatric Endocrinology Fellowship? Three years. Yeah. Okay. Um, awesome. For the student listening to this who's potentially interested in pediatric endocrinology, what kind of final words of wisdom do you have for them? Um, I, I would say, like, you know, if, if you really like what you're going to do, don't think about the money or what you're going to make, because nowadays you don't, that is not something really valid, you know, with the insurance companies having control. Um, I would say just do it because um, you feel passion about it. And this is a specialty that um, will give you a, a give you a lot back to you a lot of happiness because you know you help a lot of people um when when you see the children the way they come like really small and then you see like a like a tall man like you know you you are happy you said oh my god i i you know i i put a little bit of myself into that you know so i would say it's a very for me i um i love the way i feel when i see um, how they do when I see, you know, the result of, of my treatment and, um, and, 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 and it's a very, um, nice specialty. It's, a, um, you feel like, um, you feel happy when you see that, um, something that you did brought like such a, an amazing result, you know, like see someone that was like, you know, um, came crying because he was so short and now it's like, like a tall man or, or, you know, a little girl that, that, you know, didn't even have friends because she had acne and then you diagnose her with polycystic ovarian syndrome and then you give treatment and then she's, she's now fine. And she, you know, it's, it's really, uh, I, I really love that. I, um, I would say it, they have to do what they love. Like 
go into what you love. Otherwise, it's going to be hard. For me, the, the way I see it, it hasn't been hard because I love what I do. And, um, and I'm enjoying it with, with every, you know, every, every step, every year, every knowledge, I, I enjoy what I do. All right, there you have it again, Dr. Lisette Iglesias. You can find her on Instagram at Dr. Lys Endocrinology. That's D-R-L-Y-S Endocrinology. I hope this was a helpful episode for you. Don't forget to subscribe or follow in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on Specialty Stories. This is MedEd Media.